Hello and welcome back to the nudist colony, the no tea, low tea, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Testosterone Without Turtles, Heroes in a Half Shell, New Metal Podcast, um, god damn it, can we start that over? <laughs> no. No. That's it. the best one, I was enjoying myself with that one. Testosterone Mutant Ninja uh, Twinks. <laughs> is, is, uh, can we us. say that? Twinks? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I've been called a twink before. Oh, okay. I guess if we've been called it, we can say If we've say been called it. something, yeah. That's why I can say the F-A... Fagit? Fagit. Fagit word. Because I've been called it so many times. Yeah. I'm, I'm an honorary member. <laughs> <laughs> you're just walking down the street. Someone <laughs> rolls down their window. They yell, Fagit! you're like, wait, what? Did they, is that a podcast listener? What is this? What's up? Thanks, hey. Always nice to meet a fan. <laughs> uh, Damn. Maya, we are the, we are the nudist colony. Uh, we're a new metal discussion podcast. Um, I've started working out, so my tea is going through the roof, my friend. So mm. we may have to change up our intro. Mm. Um, you, on the other hand, have not been working beta out. male. Absolutely, I my <laughs> titties have been growing. Uh, so uh, we're we're going to seesaw. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> our bodies is essentially what we're doing. Uh, did you say your name? Uh, no, my name is Ross. My name is Brent. We them nudie boys. Wait, hell yeah, dude. Wait, them nudie boys. We're <laughs> a bass player and a DJ. <laughs> Retired, you know. You love Just, it when people uh, if say. If you want, if you want us to come out of retirement, hey. all you gotta do is back up at Brink's truck. Pay up, baby. Yeah. You like you like it when people go, oh, you're a DJ, like wicky 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 wicky. It's like your favorite thing, right? I'll be honest with you, like back when I was in the game, uh, and people would come up to me and they do the wicky wicky hands, you know? Yeah. Which like uh, for listeners, if you made your two hands like flat and then like slid them back and forth on your wrists axis, <laughs> uh, that was like the wicky wicky motion, and it used to drive me nuts. But then at a certain point, I came to the realization the fact that these people even recognize me to begin with uh, is something to hey. um be happy about so sure. it, it it stopped bothering me so Good. yeah so uh i'm wiki wiki you're bow you know, that wasn't an actual bass that was a he, he was playing uh wait what is this the the the, the seinfeld theme song oh. uh he actually played it on a keyboard that fucking sucks i know i Piece hate that shit. i don't want we're going to have to edit point. Brent, edit that fact out. Factoid. Erase. <laughs> <That's> canceled. <laughs> We're going to get canceled for anything. It's the controversy <laughs> yeah. over the Seinfeld theme. I fucking hate that. I wanted that. Wanted that to be a base so bad. Um, Ross, we're back at it again, like some crack addicts. And uh, we're going to talk about Obsolete, the Fear Factory album where they eh, stuck a handful of toes into the world of new metal. Yeah. And, handful uh, of toes. Handful of toes. Bam, bam. We- <laughs> um 
We got to get points on that album. Uh, this album came out on July 28th, 1998. So we're a little over halfway throughout the year of 1998. Yeah. A lot of releases in 98. A lot of releases. Uh, I think... Watershed year. Going back to the beginning of the podcast for the New Metal timeline, year of 1994, the entirety of New Metal, corn. <laughs> yeah. I think. Maybe it was uh, Sugar Ray in there. But it was like... Uh, pickings were slim, right? Yeah. But now we're in an era where not only are uh, established new metal bands putting out follow-up albums, but we've got established bands that are uh, allowing new metal to seep into their own sounds. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, this album came out on Roadrunner, which was <laughs> a, a label was from back in the day. Bad sign. <laughs> I don't know. Like back in the day, they had some like solid releases. That, yeah, but yeah. Uh, from what I've heard, like uh, it was kind of a nightmare. I guess towards the end, uh, for a lot of people who were signed under that label. Yeah, there's a, a band I fucking love called uh, Chimera, and they were signed to Roadrunner. They have some of my favorite it's albums Camaro. ever. Right. Okay, well, we can debate about it mm-hmm. later. But uh, they eventually left the label. And some of the criticism toward being on Roadrunner is Roadrunner gives like 90% of their focus to the bands that are doing well for them. So it's like Slipknot and Nickelback and then everything else, you know? Yeah. So, which sucks, you know? You yeah. you want labels to be there for their, their acts. I mean, how are they supposed to make money for you if you don't support them? And Right. I don't know, man. Like, I got my own thoughts on it, but... All that to say, uh, at this time, Roadrunner was, uh, you know, starting to take off, starting to put uh, aces in their deck, so to speak. Um, Fear Factory is a band that's been around for a hot minute at this point, Uh, but they've wound up on this podcast by making the grave error of trying to be, trying to incorporate new metal into their sound. And thus we have to talk about it. So Fear Fear Factory is Burton C. Bell on vocals, Dino Gazares, uh, a name I had never pronounced until just this very minute uh, on guitars, Christian Old Wolbers on bass. (laughs) Oh, is that? Name. Oh, it's old Wolbers again, isn't it? Christian old. <laughs> uh, Christian old Wolbers on bass, and then Raymond Herrera on drums. And uh, yeah, this sounds like a pretty Latin. Uh, but I, I, I couldn't find much uh, by way of like, are they? I mean, I guess they're all American born, from what I understand. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they do, they do, they do have some ethnic names in there. Oh my god! Here we go! Here we go! This is where we get canceled. Well, hey, you know, and I, then we get canceled on one side, it. and then wildly accepted on the other, <laughs> yeah. which is disturbing. Um, additional musicians on this album are Reese Fulber, who does keyboards and programming, string arrangements. Uh, yeah, I guess that's it. Uh, DJ Zodiac, who does scratching. Uh, Pat Hoed, uh, does an intro voice. Gary Newman does a spoken word intro and then vocals on one of the songs. Then Mark Ferris does string arrangements as well. Um, beyond that, there's like a... Wikipedia had a list of like the string, uh, oh. instrumentalists or whatever. Right. There were so many of them. Yeah. Uh, please look them up. They don't deserve recognition. <laughs> That's rude ass shit. <laughs> have you ever heard of DJ Zodiac? I have. Uh, oh, okay. He's on this wow. album. <laughs> Is that it? Uh, I think there may have been like one other appearance. He might be on the 
next Fear Factory album as well. Oh, interesting. Okay. Uh, but I, I've heard of him as a guest DJ, that like a studio musician that was brought in to like right. do some scratching and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, are you familiar with, like like prior to this, were, were you all that familiar with Fear Factory? No. No, this is the first time I had ever heard about Matter of fact, the first time I ever heard of Fear Factory was because I heard their song inside of a t-shirt shop in the mall that we have in Tulsa, Oklahoma, or had. It's no longer around. But Dead Zooks? Yes. Hell yeah. I was dude. like, it's not teasers. It was the other one. Right. Uh, but they had music videos playing, you know. Okay. And uh, yes, it was. Uh, it, they played uh, Cars by Fear Factory. <laughs> yeah, I was like, right. oh, what is this? This is, this is catchy. Yeah. I'd never heard the Gary Newman version up to that point. But, okay. Uh, yeah. So that's how I first heard about it. Yeah, I'm. I am. Uh, I, I will. I will be the first to admit that if, if you're a fan of Fear Factory, uh, I, I I apologize uh, for being uneducated, um, because I, it was just never a band. Like, you know, obviously, I'd heard Cars, um, and you know, I, I'd heard like uh, some guest spots, you know, and and looking up uh, Burton Bell, like he has been uh, guesting on, or he has guested on many, many, many an album. So like, I was like kind of like passively familiar but like besides cars i couldn't tell you a single fear factory what else has he guested on so he has been he has guested on spine shank soulfly oh. static x ministry and pitch shifter pitch shifter interesting yeah. crazy right i do not know that i actually made a note about one of these songs reminding me of a pitch shifter song yeah uh, that we'll get to and uh, cool. uh apparently just today they announced a new singer He's gone now. Burton oh yeah, gone. no, he he's been gone for a while. Like he he recorded that that album and then he he pieced out. There was some intense. Be- Fear Factory is a band that has a rotating cast of characters. Because I put all caps drama. Just so much fucking drama, dude. Holy like, shit! It seemed like there there was beef at a certain point where Dino left the band, and then it was uh, Christian. He moved up to play guitar. And I had that album. Like, there's one song on there that. Oh, I, so you did. I it, you love. did have some of their albums. Uh, I had like three of their albums, oh, which wow. was okay. This one, uh, the follow-up, Digimortal, and then there was another one called I Digimon. <laughs> Digimon Digital Mortals. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so. And then eventually Dino came back to the band, but then like the other two guys, Christian and Raymond, oh, left the band. You know how Wikipedia will have like uh, the timeline? The timeline. Mm-hmm. It's like <laughs> it's all over the fucking place, dude. Crazy. It is. It yeah. is. Which is unfortunate because I feel like Fear Factory is a very well-respected band, not only amongst their fans, but also amongst the, the like metal community. Like if yeah. th- they are one of those names, like... I don't know, like, outside of this album, I honestly couldn't name you singles that, like, came before or whatever. <laughs> right. But uh, that said, I, I knew the name Fear Factory enough to where I'm like, oh, they're they're playing. That, they're going to draw a crowd, you know? Right. Um, so I, I think it's funny. Uh, if, uh, if you look at Wikipedia uh, for, for Dino, here's his timeline mm-hmm. 1989 through 2002 2009 through present 1992 1995 2009 2012 2015 2020 through present keyboards 1995 from programming 2012 damn <laughs> burton c bell 1989 through 2002 2003 through 2006 2009 through 2020 mm-hmm. 
like that's intense it's man man, it's crazy how they uh yeah um did it say who their new singer is uh i've been waiting to to hear yes uh the new singer is milo silvestro who is that does he have a wikipedia uh page for him wow okay i thought it was somebody who was going to be like um somewhat associated with the the metal community, but hey, I mean, if it's a new guy, that's, uh, it that's does cool. not appear to be the case, man. I, I heard about the reason why Burton finally left the band. He's an Italian musician. Oh, uh, who plays electronic music, electronic metal under the name dead channel. Dead channel. Um, so yeah. Hmm. Um, but apparently like it's been, there's been so many fights over like who, has like the rights to the name and who's like, uh, it it, it is a mess. Like they (laughs) hate each other. Yeah. I feel like, like Christian and Raymond, they probably like got out when the getting was good, you know, like maybe there were some like other good music that came from later albums after they left. But like, I don't know that the juice is worth the squeeze. Like for all this drama, nah, bro, get out of there. Like you don't need to deal with that shit. Like, yeah, I, which sucks because I really like the rhythm section. In oh this, man, that's this the band. star of this album. Yeah, that I I really glommed onto that pretty early on for this. Yeah, um, this is the third studio album by the band. Uh, this is the first new metal effort, as we discussed. It was recorded Mushroom Studios and Armory Studios, both in Vancouver, Canada. Uh, produced by Fear Factory, Reese Fulber, and then Greg Really, Really, Really. And then uh, sales on the album would, um, I, I think it was kind of like, eh, just kind of okay at first, but eventually the album went on to uh, become gold, meaning that it sold 500000 in the United States. I think it did fairly well in Australia also, but okay. I think they have a different standard of like the the gold. That's right, kangaroo. <laughs> well, that, you got three roos on that one. <laughs> Um, you want an honorary trip to the backlands or whatever (laughs) i've got smoko so leave me alone there's a band uh i would i recommend everybody check out they're like this um (laughs) they're like a uh uh australian they actually call themselves um uh you know, like uh, people say, like we're a garage band. Yeah, uh, they call themselves a shed band. A shed band. <laughs> uh, they're called the Chats. Um, the Chats. Uh, if, if you like, um, if you like punk music, I recommend it. It's fun. It's a lot of fun. This one's going out to everyone who likes Vegemite. <laughs> Ribbit fence. <laughs> Ribbit fence. Uh, anyway, sorry. Um, um what i feel like i'm just i just want to go back to the australian accent so bad no, I but i have to like fight myself to do it. um Bing, so, <laughs> this album helped uh fear factory break into the mainstream thanks to the single cars it remains one of or remains their highest selling album and um little did i know upon re-listening to this album because i like i said i, I used to own this album back in the day like actually yeah. well like physical cd mm-hmm. But I only listened to a couple of songs, one of them being Cars, and then you know some of the other ones we'll get to. Um, I I did not realize that this is a concept album. And then 
I only found that out because I looked at the Wikipedia page. Yeah. And then I, I, I'm just curious about like process stuff. So I was eager to get into all that. And then as I kept scrolling down, it was just text of lore about the narrative of what the story is. I'm like, guys, I gotta be honest with you. I don't give a single fuck about any of this. So I did not read any of it. Uh, but I, I believe you've got some <clears throat> idea of what, what this concept is. Yeah. It's not a high concept album. <laughs> It is a concept album. Now, this this album, we should point out, came out a year before The Matrix, which was 1999. Oh, yeah. And this was an, an album essentially about uh, humanity versus machines, which is what we would find out The Matrix was. Yeah. Um, but yeah, go ahead. Um, so uh, the concept is, is, is contained within the music and continues where D-Manufacture left off. I, I, I'm not going to go back and touch on demanufactureds because it's right this kind of st- pretty much stands on its own yeah uh, obsolete the name of the album that we're covering today uh, is about a future uh, of mankind and how machines have taken over humanity it was, it's inspired by the band's belief that humanity has become too reliant on technology bell explained the singer uh we're up to the point in history in the story where the man is obsolete Man has created these machines to make his life easier, but in the long run, it made him obsolete. The machines he created are now destroying him. Man is not the primary citizen on Earth. However, a hero named Edge Crusher sets out to destroy the machines and save humanity. The story of Obsolete was inspired by books like Boys from Brazil, Brave New World, in 1984. The CD booklet contains a narrative that details one chapter in the conflict between humans and technology, which corresponds with the songs illustration by Dave McKean making his second appearance on the nudist colony (laughs) famous for his work in comic books are also based on themes or characters from the record. Bell explained the wealth of booklet contain content. Bell explained the wealth of booklet content quote. That was the only way to totally bring the concept out. When you read the words, you can visualize it in your head. The music helps to argument God damn it. The music helps to augment that. It's like a mini graphic novel with Dave McKean artwork through the music throughout it and a great challenge that goes along with the music. Um, it was kind of difficult to join all these elements together, but to us, challenge is the greatest thing. Challenge makes us strive for greater ideas and concepts. Um, so essentially it's about a guy, uh, it takes place in 2076. Um, <laughs> There's a specific year for it. Yeah, uh, the prologue, quote, everything that you believe to be true is a contradiction. Imagine a world that is suffering slow decay and a culture on the edge of extinction. A world in chaos brought to obedient order by the machines that man created. The linear programming that the system machine created to bring order is failing steadily due to the one variable in machines that cannot compute. Humanity. In this time, man has become a docile creature, herded into submission under the mechanical laws that apply, programmed and desensitized for convenience. However, there are certain persons drawn together for reasons that are grounds for punishment or even death. These people long and yearn for a change within the infrastructure, a better way of life and logical existence. These people create factions that congregate in total secrecy in places random and unknown. These factions maintain chaos in society in order to to disrupt the system, locate the weak spot, and trigger a collapsing effect. Their anger is only superseded by the will to exist, and nothing could be stronger. So that's the... uh, Crikey, sounds like a right to willager. 
Hey, no, we're going to have to throw a boomerang at that rabbit. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Unleash so, the kangaroos. That is a uh, a lot of text, not even subtext, but just a lot of text to yeah. put on this album. Do you think anyone went to go see The Matrix, watched the movie all the way until the credits? Then as the lights came up, they were like, "Fear Factory did it better on obsolete." <laughs> I, I I was one of them. Okay, good. Um, I hope so. But yeah, the, so so I, I did look up some of the pictures, and uh, it's it's Dave McKean. I mean, who's just you know, hey, Dave fucking McKean. He's he's he rocks. Of course. I mean, we're already here. We might as well talk about the cover artwork. Uh, Dave McKean. He did the artwork for the DC Comics graphic novel Arkham Asylum. Uh, was it a serious uh, uh, house God. on serious land or some shit? You yeah. can you can find us it. written by your Grant Morrison. Serious Earth. Or something. There you go. Uh, he did a bunch of covers for The Sandman, did a bunch of covers for Hellblazer, and of course, he did the album cover for everyone's favorite, Stabbing Westward's Darkest Days. Uh, I came across that, and I was like, damn, what, didn't he do another cover we talked about? And I had to go back on our, our list of episodes to find out which one it was. It's A Serious House on Serious Earth. There we go. Yeah. Put some respect on its name. Thank you. Um <laughs> And then uh, the the cover to Obsolete it has multiple covers, essentially. There was one that was released for the initial album, and then later there was a Digipack version of the album that came out. The original version of the album had 10 tracks. The Digipack had uh, more. Like 13? <laughs> I think it was like 15 or some shit. Okay. And, uh, We're not of, doing that one. We're just no, doing no, that one. Well, kind of, sort of, right? So th- the... The 11th track on the Digipack, the expanded version of the album, was Cars. It, that was their biggest hit. So now if you go to Spotify, Apple Music, whatever, and you do just the regular version right. of Obsolete, it includes Cars on there. Oh. So wow, okay. it got grandfathered into huh. being the regular album. It does kind of stand out. Because it, it really does. It now doesn't that have I, anything to do with the concept. Now that I know it's a concept album, when I was listening back to it, <laughs> Today, I was like, I guess it doesn't really fit on there, but it is fun. <laughs> it's kind of a fun song. It is a fun song. Um, the band's sound is, it's like an industrial metal band. Um, I saw a writer for the website, All Music, refer to Fear Factory Sound as Ministry Meets Slayer. And I thought, yeah, that makes sense to me. I think that kind of works. Totally. Um, Reminds me a lot of The Killing Joke. If anybody's familiar with the, the, the UK-based uh, band, The Killing Joke, Um Reminds me a lot of them. I've heard of them. I don't know that I've heard any of their music. Uh, fantastic. There's one album. I'll, I'll, I'll send it to you that you need to listen to. It is. It's uh, So it's got uh, uh, Dave Grohl on drums. On no. Like, no fucking way. No. <laughs> uh, like one of his best drum performances ever. Well, he fucking... I, he, he, he demolishes mm-hmm. that fucking set. Like it's so good. And it, it's funny... Too because uh, Kurt Cobain totally ripped off the uh, "Smells Like Teen Spirit" uh, riff from uh, an old Killing Joke song. Oh, they've been around that long. Oh yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They were, they were, they were, they may have even been like late seventies, but they were for sure in, in the eighties. Uh, but they they kind of started out as more of like kind of a like a punky metal thing. But um, by the time so so <laughs> so Dave Grohl was like a big fan of them and mm-hmm. was like. It's like we didn't mean to like steal your riff, you know. Like Kurt was just—I mean, I mean, it's—it's it's a four-chord riff. Like it's not like whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but 
Dave Grohl was like, we're such huge fan. Like, I'm such a huge fan. Can I drum on your fucking album? And they were like, yeah, absolutely. And Fuck yeah. it is one of Dave Grohl's best drum performances. Um, absolutely goddamn the most brutal fucking like industrial metal. It rules so oh, hard. Oh, it's industrial. Interesting. It's industrial as fuck. I don't know, man. Like, uh, I feel like I'm not that big of a fan of industrial music. Not to like uh, really? shit on this album ahead of time, but like... There's certain things I like. Like, I fucking love the band Gravity Kills. You and yeah, I uh, yeah. love that band. I think maybe that's the outlier. I think all really? other... Like, Ministry? No? <sighs> kind of not. Like, wow. some of their stuff is okay. White Zombie? Would you consider them Yeah, for sure. Especially, like, Astro Creep 2000. Hmm. I need to listen back to it. Because I like that album. If that's the case, maybe that's <laughs> yeah, one of the, the better... <laughs> <laughs> but like Rules. like some of the I, th- I think maybe it's just like the drums are so like samey and it's usually just like one two one two one two one two you know um yeah like I'm like nine inch nails uh fuck yeah you're right yeah okay suck a I, dick I, <laughs> mine now do it i think maybe i'm on the fence you know who, who with, don't with you like like what's an industrial <sighs> band that you don't I, I think maybe I just like select songs from certain bands, like uh, okay. a couple of ministry songs. Honestly, I, I like the Limp Biscuit version of uh, Thieves Thieves better than fuck. the ministry one. But that's I like, like both. But yeah, that Limp Biscuit cover fucking slaps. Oh so my hard. God. I can't believe that fucking exists. I know. I'm so happy it does. Because they open shows with that. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. I saw it on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> um, Going back to Fear Factory, uh, this is the first album where Dino tuned down to A, uh, yeah. which is fucking cool because I don't know. I don't know anything about tuning or guitars. It's so is low. that good? That's low? Okay. Yeah. And he plays an eight string. He plays an eight string? Yes. Damn. I, I thought know. it was like a seven string. but uh, He does play some seven strings, but he also plays some eight strings as well. Damn. I don't know about it on this album specifically. I was trying to find it out, but um, it said, yeah, he, does. He, he, he will play eight strings. If you piss him off, yeah, you better not piss him off. <laughs> yeah. You did string boy. He's, he stops the song, like deadpan, like in the middle of it, points to a person in the crowd, and screams, "You made me do this!" It's these with his other arm, he gestures to the side stage, like, "Bring me an extra string." It's like Neil Neri just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, an A string. Uh, that's wild. Yeah. That'd be such a huge fretboard. Yeah. Damn. But uh, that's some that's some low shit, bro. It is. Uh, you know what else is some low shit? Listening to this album. So hey. why don't we kick uh, this? I did want to, I oh. got one more one more quick little thing. I was reading oh, some sure. interviews with um, uh, with uh, Burton and uh, he. Burton Ernie? Burton Ernie. Mm-hmm. He apparently uh, did, uh, linked up with Ben Tipplesmith, who is another comic book artist. Um, uh Fell, uh, which is a, a phenomenal series. If you can pick up a trade, a thousand percent go do it. You will not be disappointed. Mm. Um, but apparently, uh, Ben Templesmith did some work with him, and I was trying to find it, but he says he did a he did a mini graphic novel with Ben Templesmith. But I, that was just an interview. I don't know if it actually ever got published. Yeah. But I thought it was I thought it was kind of interesting. That is, yeah. But I had no idea. He's I a big really, comic book fan. I didn't. I did not know that. Yeah. I uh, I respect it though. Yeah. Anyone that likes comics, you know, I'm going to respect, you know. So yeah. Kim Jong-il, Un, whatever, you know. Even me? Well, of course. All right. Yeah. I love you. Oh, I love you too, buddy. Thanks, baby. Hey, let's get into this, some bitch. Let's uh, kick it. 
53 minutes ish you know yeah uh i was gonna add up the the time of the bonus track but uh they don't really have a time calculator that i wanted to fuck with i know they exist i've just 53 ish minutes is what we're looking at 53 ish. let's start with track one shock here we go fear factory action kicking off this new joint here from my homies (laughs) separating the two beats sorry i'll shut up so this is shock those drums. Man. On point. I was looking into it and because uh, I was curious like how much of this is like post-production. Um, but apparently he has like a full rig. Um, it's like seriously impressive uh, that he uses for like incorporating his electronic drums. Oh, that's cool. Because you can hear those triggers coming in. Yeah. Like when he says shock. That yeah. deep bass. Yeah. yeah, that's fucking cool. Uh, for for people who don't know, um, uh, triggers or uh, usually how they're referred to um, is when a drummer has like a, a lie, uh, like your your typical drum set that you would think of, you know, like a uh, one that produces bicycle tire, right? Um, Bag of carrots. <laughs> yeah, but then they have they'll have like um, sometimes it'll just maybe be one pad. Um, that's an electronic drum pad that they can program it with like different sounds or to do different things. Uh, but apparently he has like a full uh, section of his drum kit that is uh, electronic drums that he does some pretty crazy shit with. Mm-hmm. He's a really great drummer. There was a, He's a standout on a take on this album. Oh, fuck, album. yeah. Again, drum and bass are fantastic on this. Um, there's a band that... Because around in, uh, around during this time, it, you know how like you would have a music festival in your hometown, and then the local radio station would be like, "Oh, we need to sell tickets to this fucking thing. Let's play music from these bands." Even though like as right. soon as they the moment their tires <laughs> hit the state border, that's it. We're yep. done. We're done playing yep. them. Um, there was a band that was like an industrial esque band. That uh, I can't remember the fucking name now. The story is fucking going nowhere, dude. Um, but it was the year that like Gravity Kills played. I think yeah. Stabbing Westward was there. Um, they had a song called "The Information." Uh, I think you won their CD from the radio station. Um, but all that to say, they had two drummers. Was the whole point I was trying to make? One was like a live drum kit. The other one was electronic drums. And right. he, even back then, I was like, couldn't they just give like the one guy a couple of extra pads? <laughs> like, do they need two drummers? I guess it looks cool. I don't know, but <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Um, fuck, who was that? Oh, it doesn't matter. I was gonna say it, it has like a C in their name. I don't know. <laughs> oh, and there's a guy. Yeah. Is it information? Yeah, it was called the information. Was the name of the song? While you're looking that up, uh, I'll just say on Shock, I like this song. I thought this was a has a nice punch to it on the chorus. Uh, not this part, like, but like literally when he says Shock, I think that sounds cool. Uh, I think it's a good intro. Has a nice like electronic lead in to the song and nice build up. Yeah. Uh, but I'm not sure about the keyboards. I feel like it kind of weighs down the momentum of the song. But it's going to vary. Season to taste on that one. Yeah. 
It's, I, I really, I, I dig this. It, I, I put on my notes that it reminds me of a cross between Slipknot and Killing Joke. Oh, okay. Um, I know it's not a hundred percent Slipknot, but I think some of the uh, some of that really like blast beat uh, coming out of the drums really reminds me of uh, the Slipknot rhythm section. I mean, in a complimentary, totally complimentary oh, sure. way. Yeah. yeah. But this part right here where he's singing reminds me a lot of Killing Joke. What do you think about Burton's clean vocals? They work for me sometimes, and sometimes they do not work for me. Okay. That's kind of where I am. Like, sometimes I hear this, and I'm like... Like, this isn't bad. I, I, I'm digging on this right here, but there's some section of the album I'm not... I feel like if he did clean singing, like, half as often... I feel better about it. Right. Yeah, that's fair. But then sometimes when he screams like this, like for sustained. Now this fucking rules. We're like oh, really leans yeah. into it. But when he does the like rough vocals for a long amount of time, it just sounds like dry to me. Oh, yeah, shit. I'm, I'm with you. Uh, so next up we've got Edge Crusher. I'm just going to let this. Uh, who's the protagonist of the concept story album? Um guy fighting against the literal machine bro um i i feel like this is the most new metal song on the album <laughs> what uh, makes you say that well <laughs> a little fretless bass guy action going uh, it, on it here? was like a stand-up bass yeah the fucking rules i've always liked this about the song spoilers it's my favorite track on this album has yeah. been for decades yeah this song fucking slaps hard Do you, do you hear a little bit of Corey Taylor in there? Um, not me, but uh, I'm intimately <laughs> familiar with Corey's vocals. Okay, fair. It just—it's it, not as brutal as Corey's vocals. Yeah, I mean, it—it it sounds like uh, someone who smoked for a long time, who's had like wear and tear on their vocals, <laughs> yeah. and is screaming aloud. So like. In, in that general sense, yeah, I, I kind of get it. Right. Um, the, I don't know about the lyrics on any of this. It's just so I, like... I really didn't <laughs> listen to much of the lyrics. I didn't pay attention. I usually try to get into them, but I, I've i been so fucking busy lately. I, I didn't have as... I didn't have much time to like do a real super deep dive like I normally do. I can't imagine that that would put points on the board. At least not for me, <laughs> yeah. you know? Right. Not for this like crazy... Man versus machines uh, storyline. Yeah, See, fucking turntables, baby. Ah, I know. Apparently, this is like a a big contention with like metal purists. Wait, here we gotta look at that shit. I'm with it. I love it. This is like fantastic scratching. You gotta change the sample. Hell yeah. Turn this bitch up. Fucking rules. Yeah. But apparently, yeah, there's a lot of purists out there who don't like this. And even the band themselves, like, apparently. They got into arguments about like it. it. Yeah. I like it. I do too. They were fucking wrong. Everyone else Everybody. in that fucking band, I'm glad this band is in turmoil. 
so me. But no, I think it works. Like, I've seen YouTube videos of them playing this song live. Yeah. And it's... They don't have, like, a live DJ with them, so sometimes it's, like, samples or whatever. But on more modern replays of the song live, instead of the scratching, Dino will just, like, squeal the guitar (laughs) kind of toward the end. But it... With his mouth, that's not, what I'm <laughs> not to that extent, but you know, it like yeah. they make it work, like right. What do you think about the stand-up bass in this? I I've always loved that tone. That's just how this song oh, sounds I, to I me. Fucking, that's like one of my favorite parts of this uh, of the whole thing. Honestly. Yeah, I feel like the bass player Christian uh, was like one of the more uh, experimental band members. Where he was like, "Let's fucking try some shit, brother." Yeah, let's throw let's throw it at the wall and see what happens. Um, the drummer uh, has gone on to have like a pretty like legitimately successful career outside of um, even music. Uh, but e- even within music, uh, he uh, wrote a lot of songs for a lot of different video games, like a shitload. Oh, really? Like he? Yeah, it's it's his list of. Um, uh, credits. Credits. That's the word I was looking for. Uh, is 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 fucking ridiculous. It's it's just crazy. Um, he seems to be. He's one of those guys. Just seems to be like absurdly, absurdly talented. Um, sounds like he has a motor too. Like he drums fast, but also he's like on the ball. He's uh, uh, got irons in the fire. Maybe right. So he worked on Mortal Kombat in '95. Holy shit! Uh, right, yeah. Carmageddon. Wait, like the the, the game, game or the movie? No, the game. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, uh, which the game has a, f- a banger soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Um, I fucking love the music in Mortal Kombat. Yeah. It's so weird and like gross and creepy. <laughs> it just works, man. It works so it works. well. Uh, Carmageddon. Gotta love Carmageddon. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wing Commander. Okay. Uh, then there's like some NFL game, NFL Extreme, um, um, Hydro Thunder. You remember that shit? Uh, that arcade that game. Oh, okay. Where it was like you're in that like crazy ass boat. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. fucking ruled. <laughs> um, uh, Gran Turismo Two, uh, Resident Evil, like the original Resident Evil. It worked literally on the on the soundtrack of the game. Um, Greg Hastings paintball tournament. <laughs> he did that. He did that it. That was him. Damn. Um, uh, he did several like uh, um, uh, sports games. Mm-hmm. Uh, several like wrestling games. WWE SmackDown versus Raw 2007. Um, uh, a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. But uh, Iron Man two. Like Hell the, yeah. the game? The game, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't realize there was an Iron Man 2 game. And me neither. Well, we all learned lo- something. A lot of like racing games like Need for Speed and yeah. uh, Motocross versus ATV. Do you think that uh, someone tapped him to be like, hey, we're going to make this game called Rock Band. We wanted you to pl- uh, program the drums. And he was like, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't get it. It's just, <laughs> I don't. Doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> I don't, I don't understand. Uh, all right. Well, let's move on to track three, which is uh, it's called Smasher 
devourer. There's a slash in between it. Just just a quick little side oh, tangent yeah. here. Have you listened to Brugeria? Bruxeria? Bruxeria? <laughs> uh, like several oh, of the members. Yeah. Members. <laughs> several of the members. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> All um, the members are right, <laughs> Several of the members um, uh, have have uh, uh, formed like a side project. Yeah, I've heard and, of that. Um, it sounds fucking badass. Uh, they portray Mexican imagery with several members being Hispanic and Latino Americans. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the band has Spanish lyrics with topics such as Satanism, anti-Christianity, sex, immigration, narcotics, smuggling, and politics. Mm. Sound cool as shit. I gotta listen to those guys. Yeah, um, I love I love metal from like different um, like different cultures. It's always interesting. Not me. I hate it. American only, motherfucker. Stay in your lane. <laughs> All right. Um, so next up, we've got Smasher Devourer. Mm-hmm. Um, this one I just put reminds me so much of Ministry. Which makes sense because oh, he's like done so much work with Ministry, and I think they've cited Ministry specifically as one of their influences. Hmm, I can see that. Again, drummer carrying this shit. It sounds like there's some weird time signature with this. Oh, there's some wild time signatures uh, coming up. Dude, um, it's like two four. <laughs> what? <laughs> Yeah, they they really like get in some wild ass rhythms on this album. Yeah. They have these little like electronic flourishes that pop up from yes. time to time, which is cool. That's that's kind of what I think of with the like Fear Factory sound. You know, it's like heavy, and then has electronics in there, and then also the songs are about robots. Yeah. Hey. That's all good stuff, man. I mean, I'm I'm with it all. Yeah, this is. Yeah, I think it is two four actually. I think uh, for me, this song is like it's all right. You know, I I feel like it picks up on the latter half of it. To me, fast forward to devourer. I assume. <laughs> It's like Smasher slash Devourer. It's like uh, Young Blood number one from Image Comics. It's a a flip book, but it's a flip song. It's like, I hate the first part of the song, but the second half, that's where it starts slamming, brother. Do you check that out next week? Yes. When we talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. For the listener, we've already recorded uh, episode 20.5. That'll be out next week. We talk about Young Blood number one, try some Mountain Dew. Uh, I'm talking about comics. More. Yeah, more comic stuff, a little bit of Star Trek, and uh, we, we play some music. Yes. Yes. But check that out. Yeah. It's good. Or fucking don't. We I don't know. Have to, we might have to... Oh, we'll talk about this later. That's that's behind-the-scenes shit. Okay. Um, here comes the singing. My my one criticism... He's, like, he's not a bad singer, but I feel like his singing voice is... Like he sings in the same register, um, 
kind of has similar melodies like throughout the entire album. Yeah, like, it seems like a lot of sustained notes, and then it's to me overly processed vocals. Like there's some yeah. effect on there that I I don't know. It, it's like too ethereal. You know? Yeah, and I, I should have made a better note of this, but I oh, did... here we go. We're in devour territory, oh, son. Oh God, flip the comic upside down, bitch. Here we go. Um, I read somewhere that he. Uh... Maybe that's good. Yeah. Hold on, that's some good shit right there. Right. right there. Is that like quadruple bass? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bam. Yeah. yeah. Sounds like a yawning lion. <laughs> <laughs> From Wizard of Oz. <laughs> Someone grab my tail. <laughs> I don't mind this like whispering part, you know. Yeah. I gotta wonder what it would sound like if Burton's vocals. Is that a frog? (laughs) Yeah. They were like listening back to the song. It's like I feel like we have all the pieces here, but I think I think we're missing some frogs. <laughs> Honestly, oh, um, man, I wonder what Burton's voice would sound like if it were produced by Ross Robinson. You Ooh, know, yeah. Because I feel like I, I I don't know, man. He can bring out that extra little something in a singer. He makes it sound alive, and yeah. like the the vocals are in the moment. Whereas Burton seems a little bit too measured to me. But yeah. also it's industrial, so it seems like very like staccato and like cut to the rhythm of a particular right. portion, you know? Who who produced Iowa? Is that Ross, Ross Robinson? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's like some of the best lyrical performances in any metal band I've ever heard. Iowa? On Iowa. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, like it. Makes it. Sense. <laughs> yeah. It's fun. <laughs> um I feel like yeah, Ross Robinson can just get he can get that extra like 10% out of uh, metal singers, like on any album that he produces. Yeah. He knows how to just draw that out. I guess it's a lot of, it's just pissing them off from a (laughs) pissing them off, throwing plants at them. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But Hey, results speak for themselves. Absolutely. Um, what else was I going to say? I don't know. Anyways. Um, so next up, we've got uh, Securitron. Do you have any notes on this one? <laughs> Securitron, parentheses, Police State 2000. Oh, right. <laughs> Don't forget that. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> when I, I hate it. When I was listening... <laughs> 
Police State 2000. <laughs> when I was listening, listening back to this album for the first time over the past week or two, um, I was, you know, every time the, the track would change, I'd be like, oh, what's the song called or whatever. I would pull mm-hmm. it up on my phone. And it said, this can't <laughs> be right. This says, Securitron, Police State 2000? Really? Okay. We're going there. We're going there. And then you hear the song, and you're like, well, it's Securitron, it's... all right. <laughs> I think of Scantrons, like the tests that we used to have to pay, <laughs> Right, like, yeah. It's, it's like a bar- say 2000. barcode up at the top and then multiple choice answers. I mean, they pretty much like nailed it because... You know, it's 98 by, you know, after 2001, A Space Odyssey, whenever the towers, when them towers came down. <laughs> Never forget the heroes of 311. <laughs> oh, God. Peanut. Essay. Uh, Chad. Rest the others. Rest of power. And the rest. <laughs> oh God! Um, I put on here that I really fucking love the drums on this song. Oh. I love the drums on every song, but specifically this song. Um, really digging the drums. Fire it up, man! Fire it. I go behind the garage. Fire it up, Kid Rock. <sighs> I don't know what that was. I'm oh wait, that, that was that was the end of the. Oh yeah, yeah. That was the end of the previous one. Um. Oh yeah, I forgot this. This has like <laughs> gotta this. have the police sign. Yeah, you gotta have it in there. Hey, police say two thousand, bro. Yeah, Death Race two thousand. Didn't we see Death Race two thousand? I've never seen. Death oh Race wait, 2000. no, Power Death Ball, <laughs> Powerball. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're trying to say. Rollerball. Rollerball. That's what I'm, that's what I'm thinking. I of. wanted to go see it because it had a cameo by Slipknot in it. Yeah, we yeah. went and saw it. In the theater. Hell yeah, we did. Opening weekend, we went to go see Rollerball, yep. the Rollerball remake. Yep. With uh, Chris Klein, LL Cool J. Um, it fucking ruled. Who is the female lead? Rebecca Romaine? What? That, that makes sense. I can't believe that movie. Wow. All right. Let's crank these fucking drums up. Man. That's that's solid. Break, yeah. Breaking news: It is Rebecca Romaine Stamos. Oh, that's in it. So. Mystique? Mystique. Very damn self. Yeah, he uses some crazy rhythms in this. I I do like this part of this song. Um, It's just the fact that it's called Securitron that really throws throws me for a loop. Why? (laughs) Why? Imagine, like, the band creates all of this, like, wonderful music. And then you're like, guys, this is about a robot who won't <laughs> won't let you walk where you want to walk. He's gonna lock you up. Whoa! <laughs> I wonder if this is like a whole band thing where they're like, 
yes, we're 100% behind this concept, or like, what is the process behind writing a concept album, you know? Because I feel like you have to get the entire band in on it. Because right. especially on something like this, where you have a main character that goes through all of these trials and tribulations. Yeah. Trib. You're going to need... <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. You're going to need some kind of resolution toward the end of the album, right? So you got to have the music fit that. Right. But then what if the band doesn't want to write a song like that, you know? It's just like some stuff I, I think about from time to time. Yeah. I, I don't think I would ever want to be part of a concept album. Really? Yeah. I uh, think it would be cool if, if the concept was strong. Uh, have you ever listened to um, that Mastodon album, um, Fire and... I'll save you the trouble. No, I haven't heard any full Mastodon album. I've just heard songs here and there. There's no, no disrespect. I just haven't put the time into it. There's one where it's uh, based on hunting Moby Dick. Oh, yeah. Did what? you have that poster hanging up in your yeah. house? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, fucking love Mastodon. Yeah. Fucking love Mastodon. And that album is goddamn brutal. And I like it because it's not like... Like, I like sci-fi uh, and fantasy mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but I feel like if, you, if you're doing a concept album from, like, a sci-fi perspective, it's kind of like... You're really... You're pushing it. Like, hmm. A static X would once say. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm kind of like, eh, whatever. But, like, to make a metal album about hunting a whale out on, like, stormy ocean waters is so fucking cool. That is pretty intense, yeah. It's, it's just like... That's like a man versus nature thing. Exactly. I feel like there's more... Like, when I listen to metal... I, I want that like primal nature. I want that yes. like yes. beating of your chest, uh, just yelling to the skies. And that's like yeah. anybody can do that, exactly. regardless of gender, age, any of that stuff. Um, fighting back against our robot overlords takes me out of it a little bit. I, to be I, honest, I, I found you, you know, agree. yeah, it's yeah. not not that not that it's bad or that it can't be done right. uh, well. It's just that like it's such a trope that's like yeah. played out that like what are you bringing new to the table that wasn't already done in like Terminator 2 and like literally a million other fucking things that's what I said when I was sitting in the theater watching The Matrix I'm like this isn't fucking obsolete by Fear Factory screaming at the heavens about it <laughs> um, I, I do like the bass tone on this track that we just talked over um, yeah. uh, has like a an overall very new metal feel to the track so uh, one of the the better better songs on there i would say yeah if you if you get past the name secure (laughs) oh god please (laughs) say 2000 um so next up we've got uh descent and i will say this is maybe my least favorite song on the album well let's get into it um it's just so mid Ross, uh, my first note on this track is this is about where the album starts to lose me. Oh, wow. Yeah. Already. Already. Because I'm just Holy like, shit. I don't like these vocals. This, yeah, I don't either. If you just took the vocals out of it, though, 
this doesn't sound like a Fear Factory song to me. The drum is like way more spaced out. Yeah. The, the guitars have this like clean, I don't know if it's like a flange or like whatever it is. Maybe it's just a clean guitar that I'm, I'm not used to Regina hearing. Flynn. I do like the growl of the bass though. Yeah. Hmm. That's, that's, pretty that's one of the only redeeming factors of this song but it's to just, me. It's, it doesn't really do anything. It's nice. just kind of... Now, this album had four singles altogether. Uh, first one was Shock, which was the first track on this album. It's good, good, good Se- choice. Second single, we'll get to it later, it's called Resurrection. This is the third single, Descent. And I kind of see where they were going with this. This does have the air of wanting to be catchy and melodic, but right. man, it just does not go anywhere for me. And then no. the fourth and final no. single was Cars. I was shocked that there were this many singles. I, know. I thought maybe like Edge Crusher like two, and then this. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's just, it doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't do anything exciting, and his voice no. is just not. The tone of his singing in this style doesn't work. I listen to some of their newer stuff, uh, just kind of like sampling, jumping around, and it does sound a lot better. Like, it sounds like he kind of went for more like dynamic, um, like scene, like choices in his melodies and stuff. Um, This is just so. The melody is like snooze fest all day long. Yeah. You want to skip it? Yeah, we move on. Yeah, all right. I don't hear him do a lot of, like, harmonies, you know? Oh, like none. Maybe that's it. You talking melody or harmony? Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. No harmonies. Harmonies. Like, on that particular song, it seems like maybe if he, like, had a harmony or something to... I don't know. Something to add. Yeah. Something else. But, yeah, he, he tends to hold, like, one note for a long time, so... It just becomes like, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's no it's like settings on a vibrator dynamic at all. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. Thank you. Something I, I understand. Give me my flowers. Uh, do you think that <laughs> because they're, they're talking about like men versus machines and how the machines have taken over and humanity coping with that and then here we are in 2023 dealing with a different version of that. Like nobody would have predicted like social media or at least not us, not these dopes in this band would have predicted social media like this. So instead of shock being the first song, should it have been TikTok, (laughs) Snapchat. (laughs) Remember fine. (laughs) Never forget the heroes of Vine. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh fuck! I forgot what I was gonna say whatever. Okay. Um, next up, we've got uh, what is this uh, next song called? Track six. What is this called? High tech hate. High tech hate. <laughs> it sounds like God. the name of like an episode of Dexter's Laboratory. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Damn. Oh, God. Okay, here we go. High Tech Hate. Um, do you have any notes on this? Uh, go ahead and play it. I, I put on here, this is one of my favorites. Oh, it is? Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Here we go. Are you ready? Are you 
Ready? Is getting there. Just give me a minute. I just nutted, guys. Let me. Let me my refractory. Suck on it for a minute. Maybe we get oh. harder. <laughs> it's a cool guitar, right? Mm-hmm. Hell yes. There we go. Thunder? <laughs> I don't know what that was. I do like the like little additions of little post production or whatever yeah. they're doing there. There's some like electronic drum pads. Yeah, I'm curious if he's doing that all like through triggers and stuff. That would be interesting. The wonderful I mean, thing about triggers is triggers is a wonderful thing. <laughs> warning. <laughs> warning. Yeah, the song fucking slaps. I, I like this song. song. Yeah, the song has like a hardcore feel to it, you know? Yeah. Again, the drumming is the is the standout for me. Honestly. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> he just like it sounds exactly like the last time he sang. Yeah, like, exactly. Like same like melody, same tone. What's strange about that is for people who don't listen to heavy music, they think that all of the shouting sounds the same. And to me, that sounds different. Whereas this, the melodic part, sounds very similar to all of yeah. the other times he sings clean vocals you know well and you can like you, you you can get to the point where like all your screaming or whatever sounds exactly the same but i think he he switches it up enough that it, it doesn't all sound god damn yeah wake up <laughs> wake up sheeple do you know about you know about the, the heinous nature of Securitron? Let me tell you something all about Police State 2000. <laughs> Scan this QR code for more information. <laughs> I, I love the ending of this song. Go back for round two on this chorus. Yeah. Uh, it's not bad. It just sounds the same. Yeah. I don't know, there's something about... It's kind of what I was saying with the, the keyboard parts or earlier, is that like when you have this sustained note or sustained like vocal or keyboard part, it feels like it slows down the rhythm of the song to me. I know it doesn't actually affect the right. 
beats per minute. But. This part is great. Oh, someone grabbed my tail. See, they could have put that in there, you know? You're going to scream coward. You're going <laughs> to you're gonna get some cowardly lion on there. Um, okay. Uh, next up, we've got Freedom or Fire. Do you got any notes on this guy? Uh, yeah. Yeah, go ahead and, and kick it off, and cool. we'll, we'll discuss it. Um, I just put Jungle Beat. I don't know what that means. I guess there's a jungle. Oh, yeah, there's a Jungle Beat in there. You, you cracked your own code. <laughs> That's what I mean. The next clue is at the White House. Ross just hacked the matrix of his own brain. <laughs> What's in there? Monkey bone. What if I told you you went to public school and you're not that smart? <laughs> <laughs> what is this? Uh, track seven, freedom or fire? Freedom or fire? One or the other. You can only choose one, Neo. What if Neo ate both the pills? <laughs> or he, like, slapped the pills out of uh, Morpheus's hand and then, like, dunked his nuts in his palm. <laughs> teabag, teabag, teabag. <laughs> Fucking hell. The guitar riff sounds new metal-y to me. Yeah. So this part, this this reminds me of a heavier pitch shifter song, but with live instrumentation instead of sampled drums, you know? Yeah, I hear you. This song rules. I like this one. When he, he belts out those notes like this in a gravelly voice, it sounds like he's going to throw up. Like he's <laughs> yeah. moments away. Right. Got some uh, scratching going on there? Almost? I don't think so. I think it was just like drum drumming stuff. Yeah. Song's got a heavy uh, industrial vibe to it. What? In this band. I'm, I'm shocked at the revelation that you shocked. don't uh, enjoy industrial. Yeah, I mean, like, th- see, this is different. Like, their drummer fucking rules, so he's going to throw a lot of variety in there. He's gonna, he he uh, makes it more palatable to me. Whereas with some, like, ministry tracks I've heard, it's just like, the drums are so repetitious where it loses my interest you know yeah, like I'm a, a rhythm guy so if the rhythm is just like one two one two one two all the way throughout a like a four minute piece of audio then it's just there's not a whole you. lot yeah, to yeah. glom onto for me there you go there's Hell like yeah. a new metal breakdown that's good
I will say, and this is this is not their fault. Oh, but, here we go. And not not this song. Hold uh, on to your butts. Some, here of the, comes. some of the other ones, like the uh, like Descent. I feel like it's like proto butt rock. <laughs> like it's like the precursor to like Seether and all, all those other kind of bands. Yeah. Uh, which I know some people like Seether. I I. I never got into them personally, it. but like I think their lead singer's name is Brent, so I like I can't go too Whoa. hard at him. Hey, hey, Vom. Hey. I feel like a lot of these songs could have trimmed down the runtime. You know, could have shaved a forty-five seconds to a minute. Off yeah, of most of these. Like it seemed like this song is wrapping up, but I feel like there's what another minute minute of this. A drum beat's fire as fuck. Yeah. Oh, freedom or fire! Oh shit! I choose fire because it's fuck. These guys are playing fucking two-dimensional chess. I put jungle beat, but I guess it's not really a jungle beat. It's more like a blast beat kind of. Well. A blast beat is like really like riding the like snare. Yeah, yeah, maybe not blast beat necessarily. I don't know. A drum beat. <laughs> God damn it! I got the hiccup. Drum beats by Dre. <laughs> <laughs> God damn! I get a hiccup like once a quarter. And I just had mine the other day, so I'm I'm good for a minute. Uh, <laughs> it's every time you try to speak. That's incredible. Uh, so we're going right into track eight, which is titled Obsolete. The name of the album. Cool thing about this song is I have no notes on it. However, I believe this voice I'm speaking over is Gary Newman. Indeed it is. Yeah. Gary New Metal. Hey, crikey. Hey, we're about to get my get to my song, Cars. Is he is he British or Australian? No. Oh. <laughs> He's British, isn't he? Uh, yeah. Okay. I believe so, yeah. Air in my car. So obsolete. Obsolete. Uh, I put I put this is an absolutely buck wild rhythm in this song. Hmm. And you would say Nuck if you buck? Nut. Nut, nut if you buck. Nut okay, if you buck. Okay, there we go. That makes way more sense. Slow down, baby. I'm going to nut if you <laughs> buck. Yeah, look at that rhythm. No! <laughs> Just cut it out. Like, listen to that shit. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of don't know how you would write vocals to that. So, hey. Just scream. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very good. Jesus Christ.
That's my mind is blown by this. You know, I think this is one of the better choruses to me. Yeah, for sure. It's not. Oh, hey, oh. Yeah. It doesn't hurt that the song goes insane. Yeah. I feel like uh, Raymond, the drummer, just like went to the studio and was like, this is how I'm playing drums today. You keep up or get the fuck out. <laughs> yeah. It's gonna be hard as fuck to play. Hard For as sure. shit. Like, I wonder how many of these songs stayed in Fear Factory's rotation when they would play live. You know, I'd love to see this done live. That'd be hard as shit. You know, uh, one thing you had referenced earlier in this episode, and I think the next one as well, is uh, Fred Durst shouting out Christian and Dino yeah. on Indigo Flow. Um, and they didn't, like, show up until this album in the world of new metal, you know? So I wonder right. how much Fred Durst is to blame for this album. You know how, like, people just, you know, eh, they like to shit on old Fred. But yeah. this seems to be, like, a, a well-regarded Fear Factory album. Certainly yeah. the one that sold the most. So, honestly, you guys should maybe think Uncle Fred. Mm. So, you know. He looks like Santa Claus now. Just something to think about. Might bring you pussies. Yeah. Uh, I put Resurrection. Uh, this is the next song, Resurrection. Track nine, um, yes. I put uh, meh. It sounds exactly like everything else. Oh, let's go for it. So this is the longest track yeah, on the album. Yeah, we listen to this whole thing. <laughs> so every, we're every fucking moment. Uh, it's six minutes, 35 seconds long. Mm-hmm. I'll note, this is not the last track. No. This is not the second to the last track. This is the third to last track, and it's it's kind of like this. The whole time. I think maybe like the full band kicks in at a certain point, but um, the first time I heard this song, which was listening back to this in preparation for this episode, like eh, last week, week before, the thought that popped into my mind as I like kept checking my phone to see like how far into the song I was, yeah, was like. If you grabbed one, grab someone, it was like, "Hey, do you want to listen to a song forever?" <laughs> <laughs> because, boy, it's one of his more. At least he like kind of does something a little bit different. Yeah, but I mean, like, but it's it's not different enough. <laughs> I think I think his vocal performance is okay, but the keyboards as strings instead of like having the oh. whole orchestra you know is like it, it just sounds like I don't know that's that's what it sounds but doesn't like doesn't it list like 20 different like yeah I don't know if it's like later on the song or maybe the next song where the orchestra comes in but 
it just sounds so synthetic to me, which is hilarious because it's a song about battling the machines. Right. I just imagine him on stage singing the song, and he takes off his like his shirt he was wearing. It's like a, just like a black t-shirt. Takes it off, and he's just like wearing a vest only, like just bare chested underneath, but just a vest. Just like singing the song, and then like someone brings out a top hat. You know, <laughs> it seems very performative, and it, it it made me like wonder if this is Fear Factory's Mr. Roboto. You know. You know how, like, sticks back in the day, they right. changed their sound. They put on, like, I think that was a concept album also. And when you go see Sticks live, at least according to the Behind the Music I saw 19 times, they had, like, a whole stage production, and they had, like, Mr. Roboto was, like, a guy in a costume. He would come out, and they would have dialogue and all this shit. Oh, like Zorfo. Like Zorfo, yeah. So we can talk about this while we let this thing play in the background. We have a little better time. Yeah. Uh... We kind of did the same thing as this album, where we made it. <laughs> I'm kidding. A lot of people <laughs> said, yeah. But they said it was like, but better. Yeah. Um, no, we, so Brent and I, uh, we were in a band in high school called the Booty Cash All-Stars. We may have mentioned this on the podcast before. Uh, it's the two of us, so I'm sure. Yeah. Sure. At, we at least once. Uh, the Booty Cash All-Stars, the BCA, um, with uh, two of our friends, Adam Karleski and uh, Big Papa, Preston Ward, who yep. we've talked about uh, multiple times. One of the best human beings that have ever graced the face of this planet. and um, You'd be lucky to know him! You would be. And he, um, he was just too rare for this planet. Yep. And um, he uh, passed away a couple years ago. And I love the man yep. with all my heart. Um, but uh, we... Uh, where was I going with this? We were in a band together. We were in a band together. We had a robot. We had a robot. That's yeah. what. Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry, I got distracted. Um, we so so like one of our concerts that we did, we we had a song that we sang about Zorfo and about he was this uh, robot alien that came to our planet and we showed him the concept of love. Uh huh. And so he was our friend. He was a friend. Yeah. And uh, we had like a whole like song written around him where he would like respond and like uh, we built an actual robot uh, out of trash cans. <laughs> trash cans. It was wood. It was yeah. like no moving mechanical no. pieces. But he did have a heart cut out in the middle with like some like wax paper and then like a red light underneath. And so that whenever he finally grasped the concept of love, his heart would light up and and. Um, he was made of space metal alloy. Of course. Um, Obviously. Actually, I think I may have... I have that song. Oh, yeah. I think I've got a copy as well. I might play it after. <laughs> this is better. So, uh, we accepted the robot's love, unlike these fucks who were like, mm, we're Luddites, we don't want anything. Oh, I, I graciously accept uh, being cuckolded by robots. I'm just like, I got no fucking problem with that shit. Like, please, I'm tired of doing shit. Just tell me what to do. Um, But for, for Zorfo, it was like crunch time for us to like play that show. Yeah. And look, it was like a little show and like, uh, senior citizens building. (laughs) Yeah. And we rented out. It was like, it was like a rent, like not senior citizens were not living there. Yeah. It was one where they play like bingo hall and shit like that, but you could rent. They'd it out. go there to eat and whatnot. Yeah. Um, 
So we, we rented that out, and it was like maybe two days before we gave our friend Dustin, uh, we gave him the task of like, look, man, like if you can make this shit work to where you can run a cord to him, and then from the lighting rig, quote unquote, if you just like hit the cue and make sure the light gets turned on, we would love that. And then this motherfucker pulled it off. Oh man! And it was so fucking impressive. I'm still proud of him for that. He he was like a like a savant, idiot savant. <laughs> no, I lo- love him to death. But yeah, he he. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, like like we we built the robot, but he like, uh, like you said, had like a like a lighting rig. Mm-hmm. Um, that he could like control all of our weird uh, lighting setups that yeah. we had that were super uh, shoddy, but like I, I think it looked pretty decent for for what we did for the money we were working with. Like, yeah, uh, it was. I thought we did pretty pretty good. People seemed impressed by it. It was a yeah. life size robot. Like it was six feet tall with its mm-hmm. head on. We had like uh, it had antenna. Uh, it was a whole thing. It was a whole thing. He so. ended up in uh, in Tahlequah. And, uh, oh like, fuck! He's addicted to meth. <laughs> yeah. Several years back, um, a friend of mine, I used, to, I, I went to Preston, and I went to college in Tahlequah, um, and uh, that's how uh, Zorfo ended up there. And uh, somebody uh, sent me a picture that they spotted it at someone's house. <laughs> they were at like a party and saw Zorfo. Like, so yeah. his legacy lives on. Oh, perfect. I, I mean, this he's was, just out the world at this I, point. This was like ten years ago, so it's a good hey, chance still. He's, he's gone. But um, I would love, man, we could get Zorfo back. Oh, it'd be great. We get him on the show. Get him. Oh, he would be great on the show. Oh my god. Yes, That's... I heard what you did with your covers. Smells like Teen Spirit. I did not like so it. Much it's more ruined charismatic. music forever. So much more charismatic than us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's when we start getting ratings. Yeah. Finally. <laughs> Ads are like throwing money at us. Yeah. Bring a Zorfo. Okay. So um, the last song, the last song of the concept yes. part of the album. Yes. Um, track 10. Track 10, Timelessness. <sighs> Now, I do have something about this vocal oh, okay. sample. Uh, I was... Yeah, this. I was surprised to hear this. What is this? Hold, please. Let me, let me look this up. Sounds kind of familiar, but I mean, it may just remind me of something else. So, Mario Savio was an American activist and a key member of the Berkeley Free Speech Movement. So, that speech we heard at the beginning of this song, uh, the Operation of the Machines speech, right. um, that was from him. 
Now, that same exact vocal sample is used in a Linkin Park song, which is where I know it from. Uh, it's called Wretches and Kings, and I fucking love that song. But that's where... I, I was surprised that it was like the same exact amount of his speech used. Huh, interesting. Like, imagine being Burton C. Bell and having to convince the other band members, like, guys, you just gotta give me this tenth track. I need it to finish this saga. It's like, you can just tack it into the the uh, close to seven minute previous song. You can uh, wrap up the story there. It's like, no, guys, I need another four <laughs> minutes on the clock. Yeah. And you know how drums are like one of the most standout parts of this? We don't win any of that. Yeah. Matter of fact, guitars, take a seat. Bass, take a seat. Drums, <laughs> you're technically already seated. Bring in the Casios. <laughs> no, I think this is live strings, right? I mean... This could be, yeah. It's just... Like, I see what they're going for. I don't... I don't think they stick the landing on it. <laughs> it's just... You know how on some keyboards... Uh, like you had one of these where it had like built-in sound effects. It's like an <laughs> elephant noise helicopter. Yeah. Imagine that on this part of the song. <laughs> God. So I guess in the narrative of this album, this is where... Edge Crusher dies. Right. From what I understand. He sets himself on fire, is it? I think that's what Holy happens. shit. Yeah, I think he's self immolated. He saw the cover of that Rage Against the Machine album. He's like, that sounds like a good idea to me. <laughs> that to me, man. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Um, whatever. It. it, it, it. For such a heavy album, I just don't know that this is how you end it. I feel like you end it with a punch. Which you do because the next song is Cars. It's not part of the concept, but... It the, is on the album The now. best song on the album. It's on the album now. You can't say it's not. So this is... Is this Gary Newman singing? Uh, they split the vocals. Okay. So I believe the, the first vocal is uh, Burton and then... Gary. Let's see if you and the audience can spot the difference. It's a pretty faithful cover. Oh, yeah. All right. Here comes the vocals. That's got to be Gary Newman. No, this is Burton. This next oh, one is wow. Gary. Listen for the difference. Okay. I dig it. No, it's good. Fuck. <clears throat> I was reading about this, this song, like the original Gary Newman song. Like you said, it's a very faithful cover. It's kind of like when Sugar Ray did Stand and Deliver. It's <laughs> yeah. like, oh, they just did that song again. I'm the Daddy Hyperman. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I guess... 
uh, Gary wrote cars based on like he was out like driving somewhere and people started I don't know he was like in traffic and people got out of their cars or were walking down the, the sidewalk and they were just being dicks and they started beating on his car and whatnot and he just like drove up on the sidewalk and like drove away and he's like I feel fucking invincible they can't do anything to me they're just out here slapping my car here my car I, I feel fully safe so that's kind of where the idea of the song comes from alright but um I've never felt that way before. I've never felt safe. Invincible in your car? <laughs> no. No. The way I drive? Hell no, dude. <laughs> yeah, it's... I mean, apart from the industrial stuff, it's, you know... I think it's a banger of a song. It's fun. It's a fun listen. Yeah. Like, if you put together a list of new metal covers, you best include this on the album. Oh, for sure. For sure. That's good. Um, again, this this song is exclusive to the or was exclusive to the Digipack version of the album. Never meant to be on the album proper, but again, because of the popularity of it, they were like, uh, ye- take backs, yes. go ahead and <laughs> jump on that album. We need to sell some units, you know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it does sound out of place, but like, if you're unless you're going back and listening to the full album all the way through, doesn't really. Play right. a big factor, and, and if you ignore the fact that it's a concept album, you know it really. Yeah. Uh, there were no hidden tracks on this album, but there are, I think, four additional tracks. I think three of those four are covers from various artists. Then one bonus Fear Factory track. Uh, I didn't listen to any of those. Uh, we're not going to make you guys to listen to any no. of that stuff either. I don't know. Maybe it's good. Uh, I will likely never know. <laughs> So, uh, Ross, as this album is coming to a close, what are we thinking? Yeah. How do you... Uh, any other Boy, thoughts before uh, we uh, get into rating this? No. No? <laughs> I feel like we kind of left it all out on the field here. Yeah, so. we put everything out there. So, out of zero to seven new metal guitar strings, how are you rating Fear Factory's oh, boy. Obsolete? Um, out of seven. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I'll give it a four. Okay. Okay. I want to say 3.5 to 4 on the lower end of the 4. Yeah. Um Bow. I just Classic think that bass player. <laughs> I think that, you know, there's some there's some solid there's some solid tracks on here. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of not a lot, but there's several tracks on here that just fall totally flat for me. Yeah. Um I don't feel the concept part of the album is like super strong mm-hmm. I, I understand the story but I feel like it's pretty generic as far as mm-hmm. like like if you're gonna write a concept album like make it a big concept not just like Terminator 2 um, I think they I think the potential for something a lot better is there and I think that they're capable of it but I am I'm I mean I don't know this mm-hmm but it kind of feels like the drama behind the scenes maybe didn't let them click as much as they should have. Oh, okay. That's just a, that's just a guess. I don't know sure. anything about the band. Like I, I literally was not, I knew who they were and I like, I'd heard, obviously I'd heard cars a million times. Um, and maybe like one or two other tracks, but I was not like familiar with them. Like I am with a lot of the bands that yeah. we do. This is like a pretty, pretty new, uh, 
this is new to me. Right. Um, and I enjoyed a lot of it. But then there's a lot of it, like I said, just falls just falls flat. It's not terrible. It's listenable. It's not like some albums that we've done where I'm just like, just want to get it over with. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. I enjoyed I enjoyed listening to it, but uh, yeah, it's just it's just kind of right there in the middle for me. Interesting. How about you? You know, a lot of the times when we get to this part of the show, I'm still like in my head, like, oh, what is this going to be? How am I going to rate this? Will my opinion change on it upon listening back to? this album with you talking about it on the podcast. No, for me, this was locked in uh, earlier today. As okay. a matter of fact, I was like, oh, I know what this album is. Numerically, out of zero to seven strings, I know exactly what this is. Hit me with it. This is a four for me, dog. Wow. I know. Uh, I feel club. like we're, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, hand-holding club. Uh, I feel like, um, even though we're coming at this from like different uh, positions, maybe mm-hmm. because uh, you know, slight spoilers for a thing we've already talked about. But like, uh, uh you and your wife came over this past uh weekend, yeah, and shock came on my uh, playlist that I had playing in the background as we were playing the uh, game, yeah. And uh, you had mentioned that uh, you know, this album's a banger, and I didn't say anything because I was like, I'm I'm gonna give this another full listen through. To see yeah. how I feel, which I did today. And I was like, oh, shit. Uh, I don't know. I, I feel like this is... Banger a, was maybe too strong of a word. I think it was more the song that you were talking about. Yeah, yeah. yes. Because yes. shock is a banger. But um, I don't know. I uh, I don't feel like this is a three. I feel like this is better than... Ever. Like the songs that are good are really good. Exactly. And they yes. hit. Yes. Uh, it's just there's... A couple of songs sprinkled in there that just do not hit. Yeah, some like filler stuff, you yeah. know. Even some of the heavier songs are kind of like filler-esque to me, you know. Sure. Uh, but then, man, Cars is fun. Cars, cars rules. Cars is fun. You know, if Cars, cars wasn't rules. at the end of this album, uh, I feel like I would feel worse about it. <laughs> yeah. Like it would leave on a, a, a down note, which right. is just a bummer. So, uh, yeah. yeah, four for me as well. So, uh Yeah. Yeah. Just, okay. <laughs> I thought you were going to say something. <laughs> no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. It's, it's solid. You know, it's, it's, it's solid, but it's not. You know, it's not perfect. It's... Well, let's talk about where new metal is at this point. Uh, here we are in uh, summer of '98. I mean, we're in full swing. We're bitch. in full swing with this some bitch. Uh, it's, an, it's officially new metal. Is like it's in the culture it's in the zeitgeist young angry white men all around the country mm-hmm. are breaking things mm-hmm. um they're learning their family values tours um it's it's i i feel like we we we're, we're in the thick of it now mm-hmm. the allen thick of it <laughs> yeah uh fear factory was like touring with a bunch of new metal bands you know yeah. Um, so they were they were right there along with everybody else, and um, you know Fred gives them a shout out on uh, uh, Indigo Flow. What more do you need? I mean, they're you know Papa Papa Durst has brought them into the fold. Mm-hmm. Um, again, you know they got the industrial edge, but it's just showing sort of the um, excuse me, it's showing the. Um, like the, the the breadth of new metal, like yes. like how how it's a big tent, mm-hmm. um, and how you'll see like a lot like again you know this, they they existed 
before new metal. Um, but then, you know, coming in was bringing a new flavor to the whole situation. Um, well, maybe not new because, you know, you had some other industrial bands that were already, you know, uh, your, uh, shifted pitches, your yeah. westward stabbings, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. yeah, I feel like, like, um, Fear Factory was more, est- uh, what happened? My voice cut out, uh, is more established in their overall sound and they have incorporated some new metal elements yeah. into yeah. this. Absolutely. Into their normal repertoire and uh you know hey solid solid outing by a solid band there you go um this is the point of metal in general where the new metal starts leaking into existing bands right your your slayer fear factory uh some stuff that will come later on in the timeline as well but uh new metal's popularity has become such that it's just like Oh, okay, so if you want to listen to something heavy, more than likely, the available option to you is going to be uh, new metal of some sort. Um, Right. Now, one thing that's interesting is that at this point in the new metal timeline, we've had bands like uh, Korn and Sugar Ray and Deftones release sophomore albums, but so far no one's released a third album in their own canon, right? Until now. On the next episode of Nudist Colony, the nudie boys discuss Corns Follow the Leader. Hell yeah! What you gonna do, brother? (laughs) So uh, we're going to discuss Follow the Leader by Corn on the next album. Now, you and I have talked about it's a long album we've talked about doing like yeah. the first 12 tracks as a part one and then <laughs> 13 through what 25 on the on the following <laughs> one we're not yeah. gonna do that yeah. uh that would be fun but uh we just can't do it um so yes uh follow the leader on the next uh well i guess it'd be two weeks from this album or this episode's release uh good lord it's all over the place uh, so check back with us on that one next week. We've got an episode where we talk, uh, comics, Mountain Dew. Um, I'm just Star realizing, I'm just realizing that. So follow the leader came out before significant other. Yeah. That's wild. I, mm-hmm. in my head, that doesn't make sense, but I guess it's true. It is true. Absolutely true. All right. Check me if you want. What was that noise? It sounded like some, sounded like a uh, a music box of some sort. My phone, I don't know. Hell yeah, dude! Nice and creepy, not at all disturbing. <laughs> uh, in the meantime, listener, if you would like to email us, you can do so nudistpod at gmail You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at nudistpod, and be sure to check out the nudist colony Spotify playlist. There's a link to that very list in the notes of this episode. So click on that. That will take you to a list of all of the albums we've discussed in depth and uh, some of the ones we haven't, you know, your Cold Chamber uh, and uh, whatever the other one, Power Man 5000. Uh, look, we just like picked a few tracks. That, yeah. was, that was a double episode. It was, it was already a lot. I got a far back spot. Yeah. Um, so yeah, all of that is available to you. Uh, and then we will meet you here in two weeks for Corns Follow the Leader. Ross. Hey, oh yeah. I'm tapped out. Same. Perfect. Take it on home, brother. Here in my fuck, I can fuck all of all. I can fuck all my doors. 
It's the only way to live. Get fucked. Get fucked. <laughs> Goodbye. See ya. Bye. Fantastic. Uh, bye.